Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, called Pure Worship. Well, we are moving through 1 Thessalonians, and we are in chapter 5. We're going to be looking, hopefully prayerfully, at 16 through 22. Pure worship is the message. So open your Bibles there, if you would, 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to start at verse 16. Once you've got it, if you're able to stand, would you stand? For the reading of God's word, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22, pure worship. How do we worship? What does that really look like? It's going to be some familiar verses to all of us, but how to do them is part of what we're after. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully, 21. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. You may be seated. Father, thank you so much for each and every precious person, family that has come into this particular place. Thank you that the doors are open. Thank you that we can meet Corporately, we can edify, build up, encourage one another, and all the, the more as we see the day drawing near. How we need to be together and how we need your word. And I want to also thank you for every precious person joining via live stream this morning. Thank you for our radio family, uh, all of our people who join us via podcast each and every week, thousands and thousands of people. You have done above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. We give you the glory for it. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And as we think about yesterday and the return event in D.C. and how many people gathered in the rain to repent and ask you to have mercy on America, it is our heart's desire that that continues, Lord, and that as this service takes place, anything that is in our hearts that's not pleasing to you, Anything that we need to name in prayer and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent of that. I'm sorry. You've been merciful to this nation, Lord, but we are looking at a divided nation, a divided people, and we don't want to see a divided church. So would you help us, Lord, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways, to uh, experience a revival in our day, so many of us have prayed for it for so long. We long to see it, and we know it's got to start with us. So we lay this time at your feet and pray that you would lead us in revival in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen. amen. On the Jewish calendar, we actually have fallen on a feast day leading into tonight. It is known as Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. So this is actually the day... Uh, there's three fall feasts named in Leviticus 23, and you have the Feast of Trumpets, you have Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, and then you have the Feast of Tabernacles. And so that is where we are. And uh, I understand as uh, synagogue services take place and they go through the readings and 
Uh, go to Leviticus 16, and if you're curious about the Day of Atonement, that's a place that you could go, Leviticus 16, to see how it's laid out. But at the end of those services, they will actually blow the shofar. And John the Beloved is in the back of our sanctuary. And it... <laughs> there, he found his wind. There, he found it. <laughs> We love you, John. Thank you. <laughs> that is our call to worship. All right. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, the opening verse, rejoice always. How you doing? How's your rejoicing been? I was with somebody, uh, a brother in the Lord yesterday, and he said, you know, honestly, my, uh, I've been kind of negative lately. <laughs> It's been hard to find joy lately, hasn't it? I mean, there's been so much going on. Some of you have gone through some personal stuff that's kind of sapped your joy. Uh, just world you know, conditions in the last six months have been difficult. And maybe you've lost your joy. And I think as, as Christians, that's a very real possibility. Is that just life throws us one body blow after another sometimes and even though we're believers and we know how we're supposed to be living, we know what our attitude should be, uh, the, the reality is that we all wrestle with this. We all wrestle with being joyful people. And how do we find our joy and not have it be based on circumstances, but what do we base it on? This is something that I've thought about a lot over the years, prayed about a lot over the years. And one, one place I like to look uh, to get my example always is Jesus. And Jesus, this is Hebrews 1.9 if you're a note taker, it says that he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his companions, Hebrews 1.9. And so to be anointed with the oil of joy, I think is a beautiful picture of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. See, in Galatians 5.22, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. It is not something that we can necessarily drum up. Now, some people are naturally more happy than others. Some of you wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you don't even need coffee to, you know, sing with the birds and whatever. And you annoy most of the people around you, and, and then they lose their joy. And this is the vicious cycle. <laughs> but... If you're around a joyful person, have you noticed that joy can be contagious? And if you're around a negative person, negativity can be contagious. And so choosing people to be around is important. And you want to be that blessing to others, of course. Uh, in the, the big picture, let me just give you the outline for those of you who like to kind of map out sections. Three positive exhortations here about rejoicing, praying, and being thankful. Three negative exhortations or imperatives about not quenching the Spirit, not despising. So you got do nots there, right? Do not quench, do not despise, 20 and 21. Abstain, another negative uh, imperative, if you will. And then in 21, so you've got three positives, three negatives, and in, in 21, you've got an examination verse. 
Examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good. Three positives, three negatives, one examination. Let me just say to you that uh, this is not an exhaustive look at a life of pure worship, but let me just say to you that this would be a good way for each of us to say, hey, here's a good way that I could look at a given day or week and measure my worship. How am I doing with the positive impairments, imperatives and the negative imperatives? How am I walking those out? Am I examining things carefully and holding fast to that which is good? You have the do's and the do nots of the Christian life. And I'll just tell you that if you want to rejoice always, it's going to be because you're rejoicing in the Lord. Paul said from prison in Philippians Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. rejoice. How could he say that from prison? Because his joy was not circumstantial. It was grounded in Jesus. Jesus was Paul's joy. And that's what we need. We need to find our joy in our Savior, who himself had the oil of gladness above his companions. And I've said this before, but I think Jesus was a joyful person to be around. And yes, we have snapshots of his life. And yes, there were times when he, when he was very strong and even correcting. But he had the oil of gladness. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he exuded joy. And that's something that I want to have in my life. And I can say, I think like probably most of you, I still have a long way to go. <laughs> but it's something I think I can pray for. Lord, fill me with the fruits of the Holy Spirit so that joy can be something that's present in my life. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God. I think first and foremost, if you're looking for places to find joy, and I think it's realistic to say, you know, I, I, I need some help. Like, what would be my target or bullseye to find joy? Well, first and foremost, I would say, you find joy in the Lord and in, in His salvation. Listen to Psalm 35, 9 and 10. It says, My soul shall rejoice in the Lord. It shall exult in His salvation. All my bones, Psalm 35, 9 and 10, will say, Lord, who is like Thee? who delivers the afflicted from him who is too strong for him, and the afflicted and the needy from him who robs him. I find my joy in the Lord. I find my joy in my salvation. We were praying before the service, and one of our brothers, our prayer warriors, was thanking God for his salvation. And I would tell you that the first three positive imperatives here are all interconnected. Joy, prayer, and thanksgiving all go together. Amen? They're all going to be linked. They're, they're, they're going to connect with one another. And so I can always find my joy in the Lord, if nothing else. I can always look back to a God who saved me mercifully from the mire and muck of my sin. Amen? If I can go nowhere else, if there's nothing good that I could find in a given day or week, or even looking into my heart, I can look to Him. I don't look within to find my joy. If I look within, I'm going to be disappointed. I find my joy in my Lord. He is my life. He is my salvation. Psalm 118, 24 says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us 
Rejoice and be glad in it. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And I would tell you that the first three positive imperatives here are all interconnected. Joy, prayer, and thanksgiving all go together. Amen? They're all going to be linked. They're, they're, they're going to connect with one another. And so I can always find my joy in the Lord, if nothing else. I can always look back to a God who saved me mercifully from the mire and muck of my sin. Amen? If I can go nowhere else, if there's nothing good that I could find in a given day or week, or even looking into my heart, I can look to Him. I don't look within to find my joy. If I look within, I'm going to be disappointed. I find my joy in my Lord. He is my life. He is my salvation. Psalm 118.24 says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And the original setting of that verse is in the Hallel Psalms, and it was sung during the Feast of Israel, but it specifically has to do with salvation. It goes on to say, O Lord, save. We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, do send prosperity. It's about salvation. If you're taking notes, another thing that we can be uh, rejoicing about is the Word of God. Psalm 119, 162 says, I rejoice at thy word as one who finds great spoil. And Psalm 19, verse 8 says, The precepts of the Lord are, re- are right, rejoicing the heart. Sometimes what I got to do is get out of my negativity and get into the word of God. Amen? And sometimes one of the places that I go, or I should say a place that I do go regularly, is the, is the Psalms. The Psalms are real raw, but they're often joyful, and I find great refuge in the Word of God. And so I think it's important that you turn to a psalm. A psalm a day will keep the blues away. It's true. 
it's good, it's a good spiritual prescription. Something else is Proverbs 5.16. It says, let your fountain be blessed, Proverbs 5.16, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. If you're married, you should be rejoicing in your spouse. Yes, we have challenges in marriage. Yes, we are two humans trying to love each other well. But the Bible says to rejoice in the one that God has given you. And some of you haven't done that for a long time. You, you've been looking all around instead of looking to the gifts that are right in front of you. And so you are to rejoice with the gift that God has given you in a spouse, whether it's your wife or your husband. Proverbs 8, 30 and 31 says, Then I was beside him, this is wisdom personified as a master workman. I was daily his or God's delight, rejoicing always before him, Proverbs 8, 30, 31. Rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Wisdom personified in Proverbs 8 is pictured at rejoicing over the creation of the world. I don't know when the last time you or I could say that I just parked, paused, and looked at a sunset or a bird in flight or the crashing of waves or a snow-covered mountain or a beautiful sunset and just was in awe. And delighted in God and His creation. And by the way, it goes on to say that wisdom here get, is given voice. And wisdom says, I was also rejoicing in the people that God had made. And I know sometimes, you know, we look at people and if people agree with us, then we can rejoice in them. And if they don't agree with us, then we, we kind of get angry. But we're to rejoice in people. People, to my understanding, are the only ones that have been made in the image of God. Amen? And so we're to try to find joy in people. Do you know, I think Jesus did this. I think he was able to see people at their best. I will, I will tell you this. Uh, I have a pastor's heart, so I tend to see people in their best light. Instead of picking apart their weaknesses, I tend to, and I'm not tooting my horn, it's just kind of the way God made me, to look at the positives of, of people. I am an optimist at heart. And I, I hope that you can find that in the Lord. And if you tend to be negative about people, maybe you can ask the Lord to give you new eyes to see them. I think that's really the key to all of this, is we have to have the eyes of the Lord to see people the way He sees them. Amen? And to give them the same amount of grace that we want God to give us. It's important. Because I think this is the heart of our Lord. Now I want to tell you that rejoicing always, because some of you look at verse 16 and you're like, really? you got to be kidding. Like, always? Uh, I think that this language would lend itself to an understanding of a habit of life. Let me explain. There's a verse in Romans that says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You, I don't think you can be weeping and rejoicing at the same time, although perhaps that's possible. Uh, the Bible lays out times when we grieve. We don't grieve like those who have no hope, but yet we grieve. It would be hard to imagine grieving and rejoicing simultaneously. So let me just give you some encouragement to say this is more about a habit of life. 
Are you characterized by rejoicing or complaining? Which would it be? I'm talking about habit of life now. I'm talking about that which ultimately defines you, not little snippets where you have a bad day or a bad moment or something happens and you're bummed out. That's, that's not the issue here because that is what we fight as humans. But could you say, could I say, that most of the time I'm rejoicing in the things that the Lord has given me in my life? I believe that you can choose that. The disciples came back to Jesus. The 70 returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Jesus goes on to say in Luke 10, 20, don't rejoice in this that spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Please hear what I'm about to say. I know life is hard and I know we lose people and there's a lot of inexplicable things that go on. But here's our ultimate hope and joy is heaven. Amen? Our names are recorded as believers in heaven. And Jesus said, that's what you need to rejoice about. That you know where you're going. That you know where people that have trusted in the Lord along with you are going. This is the joy that we have. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to Him for the marriage supper of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Revelation 19.7. And then I'll give you one more. I think we should rejoice about salvation. And what I mean is when other people get saved. I'm trying to give you a list of things that you can rejoice in. And I've given you several, but here's another one. See, there's more joy in heaven, Jesus said, over one sinner who comes to repentance. And if you want to get joy back, how about you start evangelizing? How about you start leading other people to the Lord? Because you're going to find that they're going to be your joy and your crown of exaltation. If heaven rejoices over one sinner that comes to repentance, how much more should we? Amen? So if you've lost your passion for souls, if you can't remember the last time you tried to plant a seed or pray that someone would come out of darkness into his marvelous light, maybe that's why you're bummed out because you're not about the eternal business of the kingdom, but you're about the temporal stuff that's all going to go away eventually anyway. You've been listening to Pure Worship, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, can you do us a favor and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter? We'd love to connect with you. And if you have any questions about the program, you can DM us there too. Follow us at Walk in Truth Show. That's Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we talk about joy and we talk about uh, rejoicing always and pray without ceasing and be thankful, you might be saying, man, not this year. Come on, man, 2020. How can you be joyful? Well, you know what? Here's what's interesting about the Christian life, that these three exhortations are not about circumstances. They're not about the perfect time to rejoice when everything's going right in your life. In fact, a lot of the letters that Paul wrote, uh, thinking about like Philippians, he wrote Philippians from prison. How do you have joy from jail? (laughs) Well, 
You have it because your joy, the source of your joy, is not circumstantial. Now, do we all enjoy great circumstances? Of course we do. Of course I want things to be going well in my life, but I think you and I both realize that's not our world. There's going to be times to celebrate, and there's going to be times when it's hard. And to rejoice always means that my source of joy has to be something outside of this world. And it is. It's God who made everything, who made me, who has a plan for my life, who's working out his plan, even through the ups and downs of life. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth, and we are dealing with a topic called pure worship. What does it really mean to worship the Lord? Is it just about music on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night? No, it's much more. It's about an attitude. It's about how we live and how we act. And we're going to be digging more into this topic of pure worship next time on Walk in Truth. I'm very glad that you're listening. You can always reach out to us at 844-48-TRUTH if you need to talk to a pastor Tuesday through Friday, normal business hours, Pacific time, 844-48-TRUTH. We'll see you right here tomorrow for more on pure worship. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please give your $5 donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, called your worship. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.